Welcome to this Google I.O. special edition of the Xamarin Podcast. Uh, whoop! Thanks for joining us today. Uh, today, I'm really excited to have two special guests who are Android geniuses on the Xamarin Podcast, Jeremy Laval and James Montemagno. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, how's it going? Great to be here. Hello. So, when we talk about Google I.O., uh, I guess it's natural to start with Android M and the new operating system that Android has announced. Uh, what do you guys think are some of the really cool features that that Android has and that Google has announced in Android M? Well, I think for me, what's interesting in the world of Android is um, as we see Android progress and kind of have this global dominance in the market. What Google has done is they've actually started to um, add less features to the core operating system and ensure a higher quality product at the end of the day for consumers. Uh, and I think they what they're trying to do is kind of seamline. The entire operating system across all of their different devices so things from android tv to car to tablet to phone they want to make sure that um, their experience as a core for all the different oems that are making phones uh, will at least be familiar to all android customers so what we're seeing is actually uh, maybe a tighter integration into the core operating system than like less fluff and that fluff those features that kind of really spice up your android applications we're seeing more of a push towards uh, Google Play services and support libraries and design libraries for developers. And I think this was an interesting year for Google because it was the first year that we saw a transition of design and controls and features being put into its own library, the support design library, which was, I think was a huge shift in momentum going forward. When you think of Android development, we've always been forced into taking some controls uh, from the latest features of Lollipop or KitKat. Uh, or having to shove things into a support library or then generate our own controls. What Google did this year is they said, listen, we're going to add some really great features to Android M. And I think Jeremy and I will talk about what features we think are most important. But I think the biggest transition at Google I.O. this year, even not part of M, is transitioning it over to this new support library. It says as we update and as we advanced uh, the core operating system, we're going to ensure that you, Android developer, have the tools, the resources to craft beautiful, beautiful applications, which started, you know, years ago with KitKat and advanced with Lollipop with material design. And I think this year is a huge shift in material design and really smoothing that experience over for the developer. So to me, it wasn't even about Core M, which I think we'll talk about still the feature set. But to me, as a Google I.O. overview, it was really that shift, which I think is important. I don't know how you felt about it, Jeremy. Yeah, I think that was the highlight is that it's, it's essentially, and we have seen that trend also for even Apple and iOS, is that they came up last year, almost like day to day, they came up with L, which was their big shift when they changed from Android 4 to Android 5. And that's where they brought this magic radical change in the platform that is material design. <clears throat> and we went to that session, for instance, that was at the conference that was material design year one. Um, so that's, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think Lollipop was the very breaking release in terms of a lot of things. Um, and M is just, as M would stand for, the maturation of these breaking changes that were brought with L. So it's much more like, we got this figured out, let's tweak it as we go. And we got that year essentially to reflect on what we did and to see how the industry adopted those new material design principles and though they can make them their own. And how can we improve that experience over? So I agree with you in the sense that yeah, I think M was much more made much more sense like um, um, a point release as like ironing out the issues that were brought with such a big change like Lollipop and just making the car experience yet smoother all around. Yeah, correct. This isn't a, an Android 6.0. This is still in the 5X series, which if you look at the series of Android, for instance, Ice Cream Sandwich, 
uh, and then jelly bean afterwards, which was that similar experience. We said ice cream sandwiches are absolutely amazing. We're gonna smooth that experience over into jelly bean. And I think Kit Kat and then into M, and we can speculate on naming of what that will be uh, as well. But it's a smoothing transition. They're, they're focusing again on, on quality, performance, uh, battery life, which I think, you know, it's the core of almost every single operating system, at least whether it's Windows or iOS or whatnot. I think that that is their main focus. I think, but but at the know. same time, they're still bringing like I'm uh, thinking about it, like they still. It doesn't mean at all that I think the surface is much lower than what it used to be, even with lollipop. But they're still bringing like like I'm thinking typically of like a, like battery wise, for instance, they're bringing something called those that we're going to talk about. Um, but also even on the core experience, and we'll be talking about the experience. One of the thing, one of the more breaking thing that they're going to bring, and that's really a huge shift with respect to like what Android has always done before, is that they're going to change the permission model. Um, in that new version to be more like what iOS does, which is like asking for permission at during the app life cycle rather than during the store install time, which is a huge, huge, huge change for what, like the, compared to what people are used to from, from like Android 1. I believe that was an Android 1 style feature. Yeah, you know, when we go and talk about permissions, what's really interesting is that an Android developer, we've had this luxury, we'll go in and we'll check a bunch of checkboxes. I want the camera, I want GPS, I want this. And you know, users, they don't really necessarily look at it. And I think that's what, what Google said, okay, we have to change something, but also these permissions are getting out of control. There's like, I don't even know, there's like hundreds of them, I don't know. And you can have your own permissions, it's really crazy. So they're taking the permissions, they're collapsing them down. So if you need access to the camera, it's just the camera. If you need access to the GPS, it's not fine course, it's just, hey, I need access to your GPS. And what's important, I think, is that, the, and that's what they changed, like the, what they brought, that kind of changed that they want things to appear in context. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like an application, like there's some application today in the store, right? yeah, they, they just, they, they do use all those features, so they do require all those permissions, but it's very unwelcoming. Like when you when a user goes in to install the app and get a massive dialogue that says, hey, this app is gonna use all of this, and you see the massive list and you have no idea in, what, in which context, like it may, there may be a good reason for the app to use them, I'm thinking of like an app like Facebook Messenger, for instance, which is completely growing out of proportion when you need to ask for permissions, and it's very, uh, it's very daunting. But uh, they may actually be using that in a very good context, but you don't know that context until you use the app and install it. And so that's already a step, meaning that you validate the list of permission that was given to you. So I think it, it's, it brings new challenges because one of the things that was essentially talked about was there's just, you have to differentiate the moments. Like a lot of the example that we use was gonna lose kind of like, for instance, chat application, where like the main usage you would do of a chat application is use text. But at some stage you may want to like send a picture and in which yeah. case you would use the camera. So in that kind of scenario, it makes perfect sense for when the user tap the camera button at that moment, then ask for the permission for the camera because you know why you're going there. But then what's not really clear, I think to me, and I don't think they gave us like a very satisfactory answer in, in my opinion, but like, if you typically example that they also use that example actually as a matter of fact is that if you install it to a camera app it makes sense from the moment you install the camera app that that camera app is going to use the camera kind of what it's made for yeah so in that respect i still don't i still don't know exactly what could be the best way to like one of the things that we're saying is that if, if it's an app like that then the first time you load the app you should show like a welcoming screen or wonder screen of any kind and then ask the permission at that moment yeah, and it's almost seemed like redundant. Like when you install, for me, for me, like when you install a camera app, you you make the conscious decision in the first place when you install the app that it's going to use a camera because if you don't allow the app to use your camera, what's the point of installing it in the first place? Yeah, now I don't know if they'll make this change. Well, we're still in preview, so we're talking about M. There's multiple preview stages. When we go to developer.android.com, they actually show you the the, the program overview they're going to be releasing in 
late June, early July preview two, late July, early August preview three, and then a final release in Q3. So we have a lot of time for feedback. <clears throat> and if you update this right now, you can get it on uh, Nexus five, six, nine in the player. Now, when we talk about permissions, I really, and, and I'm kind of give feedback to Google too through this process, because they're gonna listen to developers. And we talk about this camera specific thing. And I think, I think iOS had a lot right, but also a lot wrong, because now when you're, um, and I fear that this will come to Android is because when you want to use permissions, you know, I'm building an application, I need to use GPS, I need to use camera, I need to use this. It's popping up dialogue boxes all the time to my users and it's everyone just either hits no because they're not reading it and then what happens if they accidentally hit no? So what I would really like, let's say coffee filter <clears throat> is a great example. I have a bunch of permissions on it, um, but the two that I can think of strikingly enough are uh, GPS obviously because it uses GPS to find you coffee and then there's a phone permission to place a phone call. Now that phone permission is actually completely optional and it's something that maybe 1% or less of my users ever use, but because I have that permission turned on, my application can't be installed on tablets because it requires that permission. And that's, and I think yeah. That, yeah, that's a perfect example. So that's the thing is that you, I think maybe we need to refine and like maybe differentiate, but that's the thing is that there was a question that was asked during one of the session where someone specifically asked, could we have like a differentiation between what we could consider being like mandatory permissions that are core to the experience of your app, mm -hmm. like GPS is a good example in your case, and then more like optional feature or like optional permission that I link to optional feature, like the one you just described, like placing a phone call, for instance. Yeah, and I think you know the permissions may have been the higher overarching one that we talk about over and over again because this is a fundamental shift. And that's only gonna be if you compile against Android M. If you have a legacy app, your app's not gonna change. But there's tons of things actually packed into Android M. And as I go to developer.android M and I keep scrolling through and I look at the list of enhancements, they're more subtle things that I'm like, oh, I could actually add this to my app and enhance it. Uh, for instance, like I look at the new fingerprint recognition, which makes a lot of sense. There's no new hardware for it yet, but I'm like, oh, that would be really cool if I have to do any login ever. You'll just put it into the Android key store. And that's actually a new thing. It's There's an Android key store that you could just lock and put everything into it. And, so, and yeah, this yeah. is part of like the global like um, like Android has been doing uh, as that trend for a long time. Where like um, manufacturer would come out with like hardware feature, um, and then make they make their own API on top of it. They make their own support on top of it, and then Google would essentially bring that kind into the main framework. You can think of like like HTC. HTC was like one of the first one I believe to add like an IR blaster so that you can yep. control your TV typically from your phone. So then that got added to the platform. Uh, Motorola came out with like voice processors, uh, natural language processing processors, so that Google now would be much better. And so that's the same thing, you got having that part of the framework. And I believe Samsung was one of the first one to do the um, Touch, fingerprint, fingerprint, fingerprint yeah. sensor, and that's also being part, being integrated as part of the framework too. Yeah, um, I'm excited for little subtle touches like direct share, like actually just sharing, I have a link like coffee filter, share something, but what if I just want to share it with, with you, Jeremy, like, hey, meet me over here type of thing. Uh, direct share just a little bit new intent in the intent filter and it'll pull up automatically for you a list of your recent email or SMS people uh, right away. Uh, I think maybe assist, like I don't know if you want to hit on that, like that's a really big uh, new change. I think that's really yeah. cool. One of the most exciting, I think, yeah, to me change, and I think a lot of the people realize that too, um, is the even deeper integration with Google Now throughout the platform. Uh, which unfortunately is not part of the first preview, I think. Uh, we can assume that it's probably going to be part of the following previews. Um, but that feature is essentially Google now um, in the context of your applications. So the demo was really impressive on stage, but essentially the idea is that from any point of what you're doing with your phone, uh, let's say you're watching, like you're seeing a website or even you're navigating inside an app, um, 
you can directly ask questions to Google now from their own and it would give you back answer in that context. So let's say if you had like, if you were watching something on Yelp, like a review of a restaurant, you could directly ask Google now, please call this place and Google now would figure it out by what you're watching that it's a restaurant, that it's that restaurant name and then it can figure out the phone number from there, those kind of things. So the Assist API essentially that added support so that you can give better like information to Google now from what your app is currently showing so that you can do decision based on it. Um, but yeah, even like when we talked about like the fingerprint sensor, like the, the one of the also cool feature that they're gonna have, uh, which is more like, I guess, a refinement also of the previous effort that they had, but it's Android Pay, uh, which is mm -hmm. integral part Glorified of Glorified Google Wallet. Glorified Google Wallet. What I think was really funny is that, that Apple, I always like, I always made this joke that as the, the things are coming into fruition of, of, of the operating systems maturing is that you have uh, Android becoming a little bit more iOSified and then iOS becoming more a little bit Androidified. Now their looks are very different with material design. I think that Android has just simply nailed it across the board with material design. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And also um, the web back end of it, which is, um, what's the web framework? Polymer. Polymer. So to bring material design to, to web too is very intriguing for developers. It's very beautiful. You look at the new Google Play Music and even the Android design guidelines or the Google I.O. website is just simply stunning to look at when done correctly. Uh, but what I'm seeing is these kind of worlds collide. I think the big, big features that we know and love are, are kind of done. I mean, there's still gonna be new features here and there, but this tighter integration, I think with Apple Pay, Apple Pay now turning into Apple, like there's a wallet and then Google Wallet now turning into Google or Android Pay, like just, it's a seamless transition. I think as developers now can integrate more deeply into the system, just make it easy for us to design, to develop and integrate into things like Google now as well. Um, but I think I think a hidden feature that not a lot of people talk about, and we won't talk about too much at all, but uh, Android for work is, is a kind of a bigger shift that uh, Google's had for quite a few years now to try to integrate Google into the workplace. There's tons of new Android M features and things built into the framework. But if you're doing a lot of enterprise development, kind of look into that because it does a lot of encryption for you automatically. Um, but as far as like core Android stuff, we got our hands on Android M. We've got to play around with it on our Nexus 9s that we got at I.O. Uh, it feels good, looks good. I don't really have any, I mean, yeah, like, it feels, uh, it looks I mean, like I, I Android. Next, yeah. Like one other thing, I guess that's another feature, but that's also a feature that's not really actable by developer, but it's just a feature that's, that's been introduced for, in terms of battery life, is this thing they call Doze. Oh yeah. Um, D-O-Z-E. Uh, which essentially, which essentially really fits basically with Nexus Nines, uh, typically or like more like a tablet kind of thing. So the idea of those is that, <clears throat> the idea of those is that, especially when loading on a tablet, a tablet you're going to use it throughout the day, but then most of the day you're probably going to leave it on a shelf or you're going to leave it on your table just doing nothing. So the idea of those is to integrate that kind of like usage pattern into the system where when it detects that an object, the object is not being used, at all, it's being left for a long period of time on the desk, typically. Um, it's going to try to basically bring down the system in terms of like CPU throttle, the CPU speed, um, disable network, prevent hacks from waking up the device, all those kind of things. So that at the end of the day, if you had started your tablet in the morning, uh, did some stuff in the morning, left it on the table for the entire day because you went to work and came back to it in the evening, you would essentially find yourself in the same state of battery life than when you had when you left it. Which, especially for Nexus 9, that was one of my main problems. I bought the Nexus 9 almost like when it came out. And it was one of the main thing I recognized is that the battery life is just not great when you leave it like that. 
So the idea of those is, yeah, we're bringing a lot of trend. I'm not sure how much the impact is going to be on the phone because the phone you carry around you more. Well, I think but that we'll see. I think that the you know they have all this sensor data, and especially on the phone, you have all the sensor data that you could take advantage of, and it's already oh, yeah, exposed it makes, it makes to the developers. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like yeah. I, I can totally see like the usage pattern, especially applied to an object. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but for a phone that's always kind of on you and always like moving us. Yeah, moving with you. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If I'm at work though, it's kind of down on my thing, so that'd be kind of sure. nice. Yeah. So one of the big things this year has been wearables in the last couple of years. And at Google I.O., uh, Google talked a bit about Android Wear. Uh, so that's exciting. New updates to Android Wear. Um, what were your favorite parts of, of the Android Wear part of the keynote? My favorite part was that Moyu, Jeremy's app, was featured on stage as part of the keynote. Um, so big round of applause to Jeremy. Rocking it. Uh, which is really cool. We were sitting there and they were putting all the apps that they kind of show were Android Wear related and boom, there's a big Xamarin app and, and there's Moyu up on stage. Uh, and that was that was a cool moment that I thought we we're trying to snap photos as quick as possible. And I think you, you had found one and got one to, and pointed it out and tweeted it out. So that was that was pretty mind blowing to me. Yeah, so. I guess less and less in folks. Like I always try to have decent icons so that when a PM looks through the list of Google Play Store or the Google Play Store list that it stands out a little bit so that they pick a new icon, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, Android Wear to me this year was <clears throat> a refinement. What I love about Android Wear is that they continuously uh, update uh, the, the operating system itself uh, based on, you know, without OEMs at all. So you're constantly getting updates to your actual... Um, Android Wear device. You don't have to wait for an operating system release from from uh, for your hardware of your phone to upgrade. It just automatically updates by itself. So Google has been able to update and add tons of advancements to Android Wear itself. Where it's very, it's just the reverse of Apple, which you have to wait for a big point release because it's tied to the hardware. So that's really amazing um, that that Google's been able to break out of that and they tie a lot of things into Google Play services and into support libraries and things like that. So we've seen a shift already. Even before Google I.O., there was brand new uh, Android Wear um, design libraries that came out, the yep. wearable yeah. library. Yeah, they're continuously adding like new stuff onto the library. It's still, it used to be not very stable. It's getting better also there. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a high hopes for the future there. I think so. I mean, my biggest thing when I went to a session of Android Wear, the, the big feature they were kind of showing off was on Android Wear, you can already have a um, ambient mode. So you can always see the time on your wrist all the time. And if notifications come up, they show up in this ambient mode, like a white black theme. But now you can turn your app into ambient mode. So for instance, let's say you're walking around a grocery store and you have a list of uh, items that you need to buy and you have the last item on there. After five or six seconds, your, your watch goes into, your wearable device goes into wearable and it goes into ambient mode. So it'll enable you, you get a callback to say, do you want to switch your app over to ambient mode? And it'll still let you update the ambient mode on it. So, which is really cool if like every 10 seconds you could actually update something on there. So it's not meant to be like to put the time and to update the time all the time. You can do that, but you can put an ambient mode. So when they touch it, they don't have to relaunch your app. They're just in your app still. So that was like a really subtle enhancement that they did a whole session on. And it was really like six or seven lines of code. It wasn't a lot of code. Uh, and all you're really doing is changing some colors because uh, wear and watch applications are pretty simplified already. So if you just kind of turn your theming into black white um, when it goes into ambient mode, it's going to save on low power, but also it'll allow you to update your application in the background so your users can stay into your wearable app uh, as well. But I think mostly you know, you're, uh, I have an, a Moto 360. I don't wear it on uh, a day-to-day basis anymore, which is sad. I wore it for I.O. 
uh, just because I thought I had to. But 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 you know, Jeremy, I think you, um, and I'll let you talk about Android Wear a little bit more. You've been all in. You're you're all in on Android Wear, and I, we've given talks both to you and I, and I love the design library that they've given out. But you've actually built full apps with Android Wear. But you're you're a believer on a day to day basis. Um, so maybe you can give your impressions of where it was to where it is now, even after I/O. Yeah, I think it was like when I came in into the Android Android Wear in general, I wasn't sure if it was gonna be enough, like of a like if it was gonna add enough to my life, essentially, I guess in a way. Uh, but yeah, I've come around since then, and like I'm a huge biker, I bike everywhere, um, and I, that complements a lot. Like it, it's a nice complement to my phone, essentially in those kind of situations. Um, and actually, one of the feature of the new Android Wear release that I, I, I really like and I really want in my watch is the gesture-based uh, scrolling and navigation. Uh, which means that essentially I can have, which I find really interesting in a way, and that's I think that's like um, because since since essentially the first since Century Way came out, it was all Apple Watch came out, and so we finally got to see, especially now with like the latest WWDC announcement, we can also do native apps on on the watch, uh, on Apple Watch. Um, but I, I like to see the 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 difference, especially in co-user experience that the two system have. Um, which I find very interesting because it, it always seemed to me that Apple was the one that was working a lot when it came to devices and just experience in general, was trying to like figure out what would be the most simple, uh, but in a good way, like the most straightforward approach that a user can take to interact with the devices. And I feel like this time when it comes to watches, I think Android, like Google made a much better job. And what I mean by that is that literally Android where it seems as release go, they, seem, they didn't have like a lot of interaction. Like, well, like interaction is basically limited to touch and voice on yeah. an Android Wear device. Um, and, and even with those new gesture, like uh, gesture-based navigation, they even trimming down on like existing interaction, like touch. You don't even need to touch your watch anymore to be able to interact with it. Whereas it seems like Apple Watch is taking the other way around because they have, what, like three buttons? There's like three buttons. There's like long a front, press, long and... press, false touch. There's like so many interactions you can do on this thing. And, and, and I think it doesn't really fit. I think I think that Google came out with better guidelines or still remember like last year when it came out, like like watch is a very specific usage pattern that's not like a phone. You need, it's like burst of activity from a user, uh, which is gonna be very focused, which is gonna be like five second length. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I see on Apple Watch, like people coming out with things like games or like very long running application, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And so from that, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting like, shift or like an interesting like difference that both team are approaching i think the problem in very different ways yeah and at uh, google io uh google also announced uh google play services 7.5 so if you're not aware of what google play services are uh do you mind explaining that a bit and then explaining how google play services have been improved in this latest release yeah well so google play services are the core to i would say any uh for any google developer uh, whether you're on iOS or Android, because you Google Play services are also available for iOS as well, in, in some fashion, not all of them. But uh, Google Play services is a way that uh, Google can take core um, new functionality uh, and add it, uh, or give it to Android developers or even iOS developers without waiting for a, a point release to come out. So if they want to add a new feature and it's not fundamentally need to be ingrained in the operating system itself, they add it to Google Play services, which are normally tied up to a backend, so things like maps or cloud messaging, but not all of them are that are related such as that. But Google Play services are usually a connected service, but it's core functionality that can be added into your application without 
you know, into all the way back to as far as you can go. Because you're building and bundling the, the GCM into it, or GPS, I should mean, into it. I think the biggest feature for me uh, that I just really go through, if you go to the, the developer, Android developer's blog spot, is uh, one that I'm going to be blogging about and integrating into Coffee Filter is App Invites. Uh, it's a beta right now, but it allows you to deep link uh, shareable content. So, for instance, I want to share a coffee location or even coffee filter with you, Pierce. I can say, I want to invite you to this app, and maybe I want to invite you because I want to meet you at Thinking Cup. So, from the app, I can say invite. It'll send you an email or an SMS, uh, and then it'll give you a link to the specific app store to download the app. And then in my application, I'll get a notification that you were invited by me with specific deep link information. So I could take you directly to the coffee location or give you like an onboarding. There are specific instances. What if I wanted to invite you to an app and I gave you like a gift card? I could then process it on my end via the deep link, which I thought was flipping awesome. I mean, it was really cool. And, and what's interesting about GPS is that while 7.5 was just released, not too long ago we were on 6.x and they've had three or four major releases over the last six months that have kept John Dick from our components team very, very busy. Uh, and all this stuff is available already. We had bindings within like 24 hours to this stuff, which is cool. So while you know Android M is coming, I think GPS and design is like, you know, these libraries, support libraries, as a Xamarin Android developer, you get these things within 24 hours. But that one to me is the biggest update. I don't know if you saw anything in GPS updates that's been uh, tickling your fancy. Um, what I really like in the GPS, like that new GPS release specifically, and it's more like a low level detail, is that in uh, Lollipop, they introduced this thing called this job scheduler. Mm. which is so the idea was that when you want to do any kind of updates in your app like background updates of any kind where usually you go to the network you prefetch something um, it's always a good idea especially if your phone is not on a Wi-Fi network and just using LTE or whatever uh, to just group those activities together so that basically the phone is gonna wake up it's gonna have a window of like a couple of minutes where it's gonna go full power on the radio and then that's when you want the apps to actually download all the updates they need to and stuff like that. And then you let the device go back to sleep rather than having each app kind of competing for the device and just waking up all the time, waking up the radio all the time and so losing your battery life. So we had this, this API that was introduced in Lollipop but then in GPS and that's one of the, what I like about GPS as you said is that since it's an update that goes, that's outside the main system, it can be updated like more often and it can also go all the way to all range of devices and all range of versions. Uh, they kind of backported that a little bit onto GPS uh, and still using Job Scheduler when you run on Lollipop, but they have this thing called, now called GCN Network Manager, which allows you to do some of those um, some of those processing so more related to the network. So all those time where like your application needs to like, um, am I on the network? Am I connecting to LTE? Am I being is my device being charged? Can I do safely my updates? All those things essentially you now are abstracting into this component so that you just get the right callback at the right time and you're not gonna penalize the entire system because you're doing some updates. Awesome. So when me and uh, Mike James recorded the WWDC version of the uh, special edition of the Xamarin podcast, we were a bit jealous because neither one of us managed to make it to WWDC. Uh, it was our recap, our video recap of, uh, of WWDC, but you and Jeremy actually had a chance to go to Google I.O. So tell me a little bit about what that experience was like. It was our second year. This is my second year going to Google I.O. Also my second year. So yeah, we both went last year as well. I will say, I go to a lot of conferences. If you follow me on Twitter at James Montemagno, uh, and on my blog, I'm talking about all the conferences I get to speak at, and I get to attend and meet amazing developers all over the world. Uh, but Google I.O. is one that I actually get to attend as an attendee. 
It's the one time that we can sit down, you can talk to Google I.O. Develop, or Google developers and get hands-on team with the product team. Google I.O. to me is one of the most fun conferences, hands down, that I get to go to. It's two days, short and sweet, but it's just a whole different experience. I mean, I think Evolve was absolutely fantastic. Like, it's an amazing conference, but for a non-Xamarin conference, like, the setup, the experience, like, there's jungle gyms, there's food, there's, like, this, like, everyone's out having fun. Like, you know, we're all wearing, like, our, we're sporting our you know, Google and our Android stuff. Uh, there's, like, a, a, a Google store where you could buy limited edition Android figurines, and they crafted and licensed, like, local San Francisco artists to do, like, shirts and designs. Like, you just don't see that everywhere. And, what you're saying is that it's, like, going to the church, like, once a year. Basically. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, a, it's, like, our Mecca. <laughs> Really, you know, and, and they, they spruce it up that, that way. Now, for me, I thought that, that it was just an amazing experience. I had, a, I had a blast to go. I think that they did fail this year on a few things, such as getting into core sessions. They always do these, like, main sessions with two or three main sessions. They do these little 20-minute chalk talks. Uh, but the chalk talks is where we're, like, in these little spheres, if you will, and they're really hard to get into. So I found myself mostly interacting and trying to be in line and do other stuff around, but... I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's also my main like criticism I could say about the conference that it's great and if you have been to the Moscow and it's a different it's a difficult space to arrange correctly and yeah. I think they really did a great job on that. But the problem is that they, they did those things that are very sweet in nature, like you said, the box talks or like the, the those alcoves kind of thing. But it just doesn't scale. Like the, I think my main it's great too at the same time, but that's also the thing is that there's so much things to do, there's so much content, there's yeah. so much session and there's so much people. I want to go to the session that's very hard to get a spot, a sweet spot into them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the part, for the most part, I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, what's also really cool is that you get to see a lot of booths from their team. And specifically, I think this year, both you and I were really blown away by the work that ATAP, uh, which oh is Google, goodness, yeah. Uh, yeah, Google kind of like um, lab. Like it's a lab inside Google that try to experiment with different things. Uh, they had a session the second day, which really to me felt like a second keynote almost. And uh, yeah, they, they really did like a great job. And they also had like, all those things they talked during the keynote, they had like a huge booth where they would like show it like in real life and it was really, really impressive. Like it was impressive to see it on stage, but it was really impressive to also interact with it directly. Yeah, like so it's called the Advanced Technology and Projects, a tap. And they do things like Prezik, Jaguar, Jaguar uh, Soli. Uh, they're doing like Tango and like all these really cool innovative um, experiences and integrating wearable technology into your clothing. Well, we went to the ATAP session, and it was by far the best session I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, it really felt like a second keynote. It, it felt like a second keynote. They were just busting out stuff and this and that and just, like, bringing people on stage. It was, like, so mind-blowing. It was the coolest, like, next-gen technology. And as a technology geek, we're just like, oh, my goodness, like, this is amazing. And, like, not only that, like, the keynote, like, opening was amazing. They had these huge 360 monitors are all around you, and they busted out. Um, you know, they talked about the stories and like um, they, they were talking about stories and with, with Google Cardboard as well, which we didn't even have time to go into, but Cardboard went to a whole Cardboard session. But they have this interactive experience where you're like watching the film in this full 360 and it, it's just next generation stuff that Google's thinking about that you don't see and you couldn't really see if you weren't at the conference. And that to me was really mind-blowing. Um, yeah. And just even the enthusiasm for like talking to those guys, like those researchers and engineers that are in the booth and that are walking day to day on those things. Like you can see the enthusiasm that they have. And so that's, yeah, that, that brings like a lot of joy to my heart essentially to see yeah. those people really, really into their work. And I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, they're thinking like, what's the next 10 years out, not what's next year. So it, it's really cool to see and get into their minds. So. Awesome. 
Well, today we covered everything from Android N to Android Wear, updates to Google Play services, and even got your thoughts on uh, attending Google I.O. So I hope you enjoyed this edition, special edition of the Xamarin Podcast. Thank you, James and Jeremy, for joining us today. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.